Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. With me today, I have a wonderful guest uh, for this episode. Um, this person is a TTRPG streamer, um, very up and coming and will blow up soon, I am sure of it. We were just talking about it, um, as well as the owner of a comic book. If you would like to introduce yourself. Hi, I am uh, Kira, uh, also known as Kira858 on Twitch. It's a pleasure to be on the show. We talked about meeting up, I think it was like three or four months. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I like to plan a lot in advance because I get so anxious. I just want to meet, you know, people and I'm like, all right, I have this slot that's open in, you know, December 2022. I could probably check in with this person I've never met before and see if they're available a year mm. from now. <laughs> that's how it seems sometimes. I'm like, hey, I know this is a far way away, but like, March, are you cool? Like, we can you know come back together but yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's very interesting that you work that way i uh, brandy is also relatively similar that's actually how yeah. i got introduced to you was yeah. through uh through brandy rose who's a fantastic individual um but yes it was just interesting how um because ctrpgs is relatively similar and we try to um, prepare things about three to four months in advance on the average yeah. sometimes things can run a bit sooner but with scheduling conflicts coming to play, you can always run into technical difficulties. So it's really interesting when you presented that, uh, like, hey, you want to meet up in November? I was just like, oh, I like this. I just now have to remember to keep checking that tweet. <laughs> right. to re- my DM to remember when it's supposed to be, because I'm not like Brandy. I don't use calendars as much. So I, oh, I go yeah. more by the old noggin. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, you know, the day that we're recording this right now, uh, Brandy's episode just came out, so um, mm-hmm. definitely go yeah. check it out. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Brandy and I um, really get along really well, and obviously we have very similar shows with the Eat Crit um, and Secret Nerd. And um, yeah, it was instantly just like, oh, cool, you do this. Oh yeah, me too. And we had mm-hmm. our Spider Man moment. And um, but yeah, but one of the things that Brandy talked about was 
um, how much they loved you and uh, and the things that you're doing in the TTRPG world. And, you know, of course, this show is all about that, about creating uh, spaces for people to talk about diversity and inclusion and what we're doing to help show the rest of the world, like, hey, we're all out here. We are all in this space um, mm -hmm. and we're good at it. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, before we get into all of the things that you're doing, because you, you do have multiple projects, like what started you in TTRPG nerd? Okay. So or not in teacher, I should let me rephrase that. What started you in nerdum in general? So I mean comic books obviously I'm sure was a thing, but what else? Oh, okay. So comic books is a bit different. If we were to go to because of course, you know, I love TTRPGs, but comic book is the first and still probably number one passion that I have. Yeah. And that was introduced to me by my dad, who uh he did not know was released the Kraken. Um he essentially <laughs> he essentially came home. Uh, and brought back, and this is the older days, back for those who remember being able to buy uh, comic books at the grocery store. Oh, uh, yeah. He brought in a multi-pack of different comic books in there. And one, I just remember the one that had Luke Cage and Iron Fist uh, oh, yeah. on it. And I remember reading through this, and I was like, what is this material? Like, this is fantastic. And it pretty much just opened me up to this world of... Uh, of nerdum per se and i was you know of course my dad was like you know okay this is an interesting hobby but he was kind of assuming i probably would transition over to a different area like um you know cars or something like that but i was just like uh oh no uh, comics <laughs> <laughs> comics is about to take over fam i'm not sure if you knew and so, yeah. <laughs> and so eventually that's of course is how i kind of transitioned from there um i went to uh I actually joined the military so therefore i could be able to go to uh, uh, art college. Unfortunately, uh, that didn't work through because by the time uh, I left the military, um, the art college was two times more expensive than what it used to be. And oh. so my Montgomery GI Bill didn't, didn't cover it. At the same time, I was living overseas in Japan. So I was just like, okay, I, I'm, you know, even though I can't go to this college, I, I'm still living the life out here <laughs> yeah, in, in yeah. Livia Rapuggy and Goldman Sachs and stuff like that. So, but then eventually I did have to come back because Goldman Sachs was having silly off issues. Um, and then when I came back here to uh, States, that's what I decided to, of course, get a, a degree in computer science, but also decide to uh, do some artwork. And once I was able to get into artwork from there, I took some art classes on the side. And the biggest thing that helped push me for is one online art class called CGMA, uh, which pretty much put me to where I am today in terms of art style. Um, and I will say this for those who are listening. Uh, I, I think I may have mentioned this uh, before, uh, but there will be artists out there who would tell you that, oh, you don't need to go to school. Oh, you don't need to invest into studying. You can learn everything by just going on YouTube and, <laughs> and, and watching a few tutorials. And as long as you have self-motivation and determination, you can be able to be at the top tier uh, of... Um, of artists, uh, narrator voice, they're often wrong. <laughs> you, have, yeah. you have to realize where your strengths are. You may be the type of individual that can be able to uh, dive into a YouTube video uh, mm -hmm. and pick up all of the things that they're teaching and learn it immediately and you just apply it into your, in terms of your artwork. Or you could be my, like me, could be like me who watched these YouTube videos, maybe understand a third of it, but needed guidance in order yeah. to be able to master those techniques. And that's what CG May did for me. So 
if you ever feel like that you're not getting where you want to be and you're doing the self-taught route, give, give schools a try. It may be expensive, yeah. but at least after that, if things still crash and burn, you can be like, okay, I could have given you all. But schools could definitely help you out, you know? Yeah, um, no, I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, I had a guest on, we were talking about improv comedy and <clears throat> the investment that goes into like learning that and, you know, the actual skill that's involved. Cause you see, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, naturally funny, but I think that there's, um, when you look at like some of the better improv artists and especially like in a TTRPG world, like the whole dimension 20 cast, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's just like insane level of comedic timing and mm-hmm. you're just catching on stuff. And so, um, there really is a next level when it comes to that stuff. And I, and I, you know, I think most of them are trained in school to learn, like, this is what we do. And I think the same goes for art. I've drawn my whole life and I don't do commissions because I don't feel like I can draw well enough to do that. Like I, you know, I, and I've seen some, not to disparage anybody, but like, I've seen some people out there that are doing commissions that I'm like, I don't, I would, if it was my art, I personally wouldn't do it because I just don't feel like it's that level of like paying $40. For you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, a teacher owned, obviously people are buying it, but um, yeah, I think I definitely understand where you're coming from. I'm just like, shit, sometimes you gotta figure out <laughs> those steps and those skills to really put yourself at that tier. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. Now, I will say this. People do often say that you're a professional when someone's willing to pay for your work. And that's often true, but you also need to take it to account. What is your goal where you're trying to move forward? Yeah. I mean, after all, Scott Pilgrim is nowhere near the greatest art out there, artist out there. Uh, but the story itself carries the weight of that comic book slash manga to where it yeah. became the multi-million dollar property today. So yeah. it primarily, I mean, it primarily depends upon what route you're attempting to take, and <laughs> if a lot of people are willing to be able to support you in the professional realm. Um, right. Because if if you realize your peers and those around you are at a higher tier and you may be able to get a few individuals here and there to commission your content, but nowhere near the same degree as others, then you may have to self-evaluate and be like, okay, I probably need to head back to school. So therefore I can at least be closer to, um, to where everyone is. And that's what, that's what really helped put me on the right track as well. Um, I had a friend of mine uh, who worked at, um, or concept art for Fox. Um, and he looked at my comic books that I was working on at that time, and he noticed that every single page had improvements from the last. Mm-hmm. So it was evident, especially for him as a professional artist, that I was learning across along the way at such a rapid rate that you yeah. could be able to see it on a page-by-page page page basis. Yeah. And, he, and he told me, he was like, hey, hey listen, Usually when this circumstance happens, that means you have a lot of figuring out to do because normally artists do become better as time progress, but it's normally over a series of comic books (laughs) versus every single page. So so he was also the one that kind of helped push me down the road of going into CGMA. Um, And so therefore, when I started to make improvements, it wouldn't be as such of a drastic degree as as it used to be and i'm so glad that he put me down put me down that road because <laughs> i learned i i remember taking this class called uh advanced 
advanced digital painting for portrait. Mm. Uh, not advanced. I'm sorry, it did not have the word advanced in it because if it did, I would have stayed far away from it. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was called digital portrait painting. And I remember going into that, never touching a digital tool in my life for um, artwork. Yeah. Um, safe to say this class is was considered an advanced class. <laughs> um, and they never give you a warning for that. Just like, here, yeah. sign up, what appetite. And when I was looking at all the things they were trying to explain, I was like, um, okay, where's the the pen tool okay uh what layer do i need <laughs> what layer do i need to make this like multiply okay i think i got and it was my boggling the learning curve i had to yeah. to go across by just that one class but i wish i can show you i wish you could illustrate on this podcast the night and day difference that came across from when i first began that class towards the end of that class it was only a three-month time frame it yeah. was a almost 200% better increase. Oh, um, yeah. My boggling. And I think the reason, and again, the main reason why was uh, I was one pushed outside my comfort zone, but I was trying really hard to keep up. Um, right. And because of that, I was able to officially succeed uh, in that class. And I was just imagining if I would have never would have taken any of these classes, I still would have been at that degree where I never would even touch Photoshop. So yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know, there's so many, yeah, I didn't even know. <clears throat> I didn't know like digital art was that advanced until I watched, there's a YouTube channel called uh Drawfee, and they, mm-hmm. they do like different, they'll sometimes just draw and then speed it up and show you like what they did. Um, mm-hmm. as they like commentate over it. Um, and sometimes I'll actually draw as they're talking, but yeah, they're like layers, flipping it, turning it, like doing mm-hmm. all this different stuff. I'm like, man, this is, yeah, this is way more. I just thought like you drew on the same page. The whole yep. time. <laughs> yeah, we are <laughs> and definitely then erase on the what same you don't page. like. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. you can do that. You can yeah, do that. Sure. But that, that's just pretty much just replicated because it sounds like you lean more towards a traditional side of the yes, spectrum. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was definitely 100% traditional until I started CGMA. So, I was just utilizing that workflow for Photoshop. But then, of course, I quickly realize uh that was one of the most inefficient way to be able to get yeah. a painting out of this program so. <laughs> did you um did you start drawing like as a child when when you got the comic books or like when I, did that start for you i started drawing even before that i started drawing as as a little bitty kid i used to just yeah. draw like uh, cartoons um cars anything that was around anything that was around me i was always interested in yeah. art um, and so my dad kind of tried to push me more towards like the car engineer side of the spectrum because yeah. he, uh, assumed it, it was art, art adjacent, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you can still, you know, supposedly be considered a more stable, a working environment and be able to make a good amount of money. Um, yeah. I remember, so- yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I remember as a kid, like being good at art and people saying like, oh, you should be an architect because you'll never make money as an artist. Bing! <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of the most horrible things you could tell a kid is to stay yeah. far away from something that is truly uh, their passion. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, so, so we were definitely on the same page there. Um, of course, the passion was just too strong. And mm-hmm. no matter how much, uh, how much restrictions and how much feedback was given but from 
you know, older individuals say me, I shouldn't, should try it, should it do it. Uh, there, there was nothing stopping, <laughs> stopping this yeah. locomotive. And so, like I said, because of that, you know, I got that, started my own comic book company uh, called Snowstorm Comics. Um, and that's actually how I got started for doing Twitch was, yeah. was with COVID-19 hit. Um, I didn't have, uh, as you can maybe tell for listeners out there, I am somewhat of an extrovert. Um, <laughs> and I did not have the ability to be able to communicate. Um, and so being a extrovert with a lot of introverted, uh, interests and mm-hmm. passions like artwork, I yeah. needed to try to find a balance. And so that's how I got introduced to Twitch, uh, through art streams, uh, a good friend of mine. So she actually, she reached partner. I think it was like a few months ago. Her name is Rose Bell Arts. Uh, I got exposed to her who she was drawing like an anime, uh, she, she just, you know, she's an anime ladies. Um, and so she took off. Um, but I just like the idea of being able to draw what you're, you know, draw whatever you're working on and have people be able to talk to you yeah. while you're drawing. And no longer feels like it's an isolated interest per se, but now you have a community based around a passion that mm-hmm. is within you. Um, and so I, yeah, I started off uh, as, uh, as art streams for about, or five months, I want to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Well, you know, um, did you, was it just like your friends that came on to watch at first? Like, how did you build an audience around that? Uh, so, yeah, so originally it was friends who came by to watch. Um, some, I was from here at San Diego. Um, some was from, from Rose Bell's uh, community. Uh, they came yeah. by to watch. Um, and so, because the art community uh, is, not as large as other communities out there yeah. per se, especially like the gaming community or right. even the TTRPG community. I would say our community is even smaller than that. Um, and so because it's a bit smaller, um, when, as long as someone has like an interest in your artwork, that's when they normally will come by yeah. and have you talk and just ask questions about it. And so uh, I slowly started to build up a little bit from there. Uh, but then I also somehow got exposed to uh, Orion D. Black as well mm. as uh, Trooper uh, SJP. Um, and I remember awesome. them. Yeah. and I I'm smiling for the audience because I think that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I, I still remember to this day, they were the first two individuals who ever uh, sent me raids. And I remember I remember how excited I was when I was that's just like, cool. yeah, I had like, like you know at that time frame only had like average of three or four viewership i like i literally just reached affiliates and then they would just send you know send the raids by i was like oh this is awesome you know and (laughs) and then of course uh you know it just took off from there uh but yeah i so i think some of the interaction kind of came from them but i still even though uh i was of course um you know came by to watch them playing games and such like that i wasn't really into the ttrpg community on twitch uh, yeah. during that time frame um it was definitely more on just watching them play games or watching them do ttrpgs um right. but you know mostly just sticking out as the, the lone artist during that time yeah i um i haven't had the chance to like sit down and talk to trooper yet but i've had a couple conversations mm-hmm. um and it's, it's so cool i actually interviewed his friend um, uh on my show, one of my episodes uh, is with uh, Jean-Francois and they did streams together. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, 
so you know in the future um you know hopefully down the line but uh yeah it's uh it's cool like you, you know these members of the community that you're talking about and it's like even though it's kind of a large community um it's still small enough that's like there's certain people that are like oh yes yeah mm-hmm. i know that person we know that people you know we know those people right mm-hmm. um that's so cool so you know what did you play ttrpgs pre-covid yes i did i actually so how i got exposed to ttrpgs was that i needed some white noise as as all my adhd folks out there y'all know what i'm talking about especially i was i was just starting to get medicated during that time frame but you need to have white noise to have that extra stimulus while you're working on projects like artwork and somebody referred to me critical role Mm. um and so during that time frame, I think season two um, was start was already going on. Uh, but I didn't want to go into season two. I jumped into season one. And I, <laughs> Which is more confusing, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> yes, but I still say because of that, season one definitely has, campaign one, sorry, has a yeah. special place uh, in my heart because they started from like the absolute beginning back where they had like Orion D black and, and like starting off with geek and sundry and people coming by with pizza and, and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. It's like the OG days, you know? So, so starting from there and then working my way through, it was just awesome to have like those three hours of experience. And I was just listening to, them, I was like, this is incredible acting for a D D game. Like I, 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 I never, would have imagined these two type of experiences before like these yeah, like yeah. these type of that um, kind of intersection yes yes yeah. like acting is normally in this one section and then the game is normally as another so you may be able to get choices of like if you say like dra- play dragon age or mass effect you may be able to choose what you're doing but right. you know you have mark mirror saying those <laughs> saying those, <laughs> those words for you so i've never imagined the uh idea of being in a game where you could be able to act. And as so I never actually mentioned this to anyone before, but I've always had a interest in acting yeah. per se. But anytime I've ever done a role in like high school or primarily middle school, I was always just like trumpet number three or <laughs> <laughs> some random, some yeah. random NPC off in the distance that maybe right. gets two lines. And that was pretty much it. So I never gave too much time or effort into it because I never was given like something that had more than three lines. Right. So, <laughs> so when I saw that, I would just became in such awe of what, of this type of property and, and how they were able to put such a well act well placed um project together yeah. um that it pretty much originally i was just watching it and i think about six months in i was just like you know what i i actually want to to give this a try i actually want to play this yeah. um and during that time frame it was really hard to figure out how that worked <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so fortunately i stumbled across what was called a venture league um okay. which of course you know you, you yeah. go to like a game store you got a set rules i was like great i'm about to have my critical role experience i'm waiting to see this top tier you know <laughs> role play happening everything like that a narrator voice i was completely wrong um, <laughs> yeah, yeah i was gonna say yeah uh-oh 
I was just like, this this is D&D? Like, everyone just going by and just killing everything in sight? I mean, like, they killed the innkeeper. They would kill, they would kill the sheep across the street. Like, it was, it was just yeah. Massacre Central. So, um, so fortunately, how I was able to eventually get into the role play side of what I was looking for, I was able to find a table that had more role players in it. Yeah. Um, and so they brought me in to a home game, uh, which was, that was my first ever home game I've ever played, uh, which was a Nintendo D&D uh, home game. <laughs> uh, it was, she was absolutely incredible. I still, to this day, was, it's still one of the most immersive, mind-boggling uh, campaigns I've ever been in, where pretty much she created every single Nintendo franchise and had like different countries representing <laughs> like those franchise. So I was like, That's I was wild. like a druid raised by Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was uh, a Goomba who was a, who was a wizard. Uh, there was there was Tingle <laughs> from Zelda who was a cleric for the light. There was yeah. <laughs> there was it was just it was incredible how all this came together and it was just magnificent and like i said it was true full-blown role-playing i was like okay this is the experience uh that i was looking for a bit you know they still had yeah. a bit more game mechanics per se you could definitely tell they were more focused a bit more on the game than say what i was expecting from critical role but it was yeah. nothing like how it was for Adventure league so yeah mm. what um so did you know all the folks in that home campaign in that home group like, prior to playing with them Almost, because almost all of them were at the same table that we were playing in together. Okay. Um, so, um, oh, uh, I, sorry, I rewind. That was one of the two homebrew games I played okay. in. There was another homebrew game I played in, which is where the uh, bad experience came from. And that's where I had my, that was actually my first time ever doing any type of streaming uh, on Twitch. Uh, okay. They were essentially... Uh, it was this group of individuals. He was creating his own world. Um, they actually was start, they started their campaign already, and they invited me in, uh, but they already were at level three. Um, oh. And so originally, it was just meant to be just like a homebrew game on the side until they wanted to start streaming on Twitch. And, you know, of course, especially at the time, for like, yes, we could be the new Critical Role, all that kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> which, you know. It, yeah, but but, uh, but yeah so you know we started coming up with of course getting uh content in place and uh, i was like buying because you know I, I was i'm not gonna say anything about money uh, but i bought like the cameras and everything yeah. uh lights and all that kind of stuff to get things set up but during the original process this was also where i got exposed to rivals of water deep okay. uh, which was of course and for those who know like probably the first primarily POC TTRPG yeah. uh in, in 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 the um TTRPG uh, atmosphere streaming space yeah yeah streaming space so uh and i saw the experiences that they would get in chat of like people putting in like monkey emotes and mm -hmm. and saying a whole bunch of like you know essentially the same the usual bigotry and racism yeah, that's yeah. associated for people of color and so uh, when I was seeing that and when my friends was suggesting um, for us to uh, go stream, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. But as long as I'm a moderator in chat, 
yeah. because you know, I was <clears> the <throat> only POC uh, in that entire group. Everyone else was white. Um, yeah. And so I know not only the, of course, out there racism that they do, but I also know the incognito things that they try to slide <laughs> yeah. through that sadly many white people don't seem to catch, but we all know what they're supposed to mean. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I had, you know, moderation ability. So if somebody tries to disrupt the fact of us streaming, I could be able to do something. And they were, uh, the DM was perfectly fine with it originally. I said, like, oh yeah, it's perfectly fine. We were good to go. And then the day of streaming, uh, he comes across saying that, oh, uh, well, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't really want you to do moderation because of the fact that it's going to disrupt you uh, disrupt your attention from the game. And I'm just like, uh, no, I'm not going to be placing myself on the internet without having any type of moderators involved, yeah. especially with all the, the, the flack that POC primarily get. Right. Um, and we had a, it was pretty much a large fight, you know, um, you know, not a large fight, because, uh, you know, I'm not, um, I wasn't like pushing anybody or anything like that, but I was, I was ready to walk. I was just yeah. like, I'm, I'm not going to, that was the line I was going to cross. Um, and they essentially said, well, how about we work with this? How about we make sure chat is not available? Um, and then we'll have a Discord link so that people could be able to talk about the campaign they were watching uh, in Discord. Um, I was like, yeah, that's perfectly fine because Discord isn't on the actual uh, streaming session itself. But I was assuming we were going to review the discord content after the game was <laughs> over with safe yeah. to say half the players was literally talking to viewers and discord during the same time we were playing i was like what is the difference of them chatting yeah. in discord versus me watching chat and that's what that's what i started to notice red flags right then and there and it only took about a month or so afterwards after i, I bounced out out of that thing i was like I, i'm not i'm not dealing with this anymore they can't <laughs> they clearly yeah. don't they clearly don't understand what it's like so uh some of them did not understand what it was like others definitely did um but like kind of stepped away from that went into the nintendo d and the d and d homebrew campaign and that was the first homebrew campaign that i've did for for a while for a long yeah. time mm-hmm. yeah it's tough um i have a lot of reticence around streaming and for those same reasons um also mm-hmm. just like the idea of streaming itself <laughs> like being the producer mm-hmm. for it and create like that just seems super stressful um mm-hmm. but uh yeah you're like yeah i know it is um but yeah um but yeah it's it's terrible in those situations like to to not have any control or any kind of safety um you know i i was a guest on a one shot um and it was me and three white people and it was honestly a great experience um but i also knew that uh the woman who was running it ella cuz she was doing a kickstarter for her game and asked me to be a part of it and so um but she's a fan of the show. She knows what I'm about. Like there mm-hmm. was never a question of like, you know, we were not going to harm anybody's emotional safety or anything. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fine. But yeah, I, going into a situation with like strangers or people I wasn't really sure of, I think that would be a very difficult situation. Um, and unfortunately you probably learned a lot from that experience, which you know, <laughs> is that what kind of motivated you to create the cookout TTRPG and to do your own kind of setup streams your own way 
Exactly. Um, yeah. It was definitely one of the key aspects because I was, I was tired of not being able to have any control yeah. over uh, things that I participated in. I was essentially just a bystander that was just there to play a character. And so it, my feelings regarding any of the, uh, you know, the rules that was in place, any of the streaming content that was established, it was just, it was just considered insignificant. I was just like, well, I don't have time for this. I'm starting about, I, I was also starting off my own combo company at this time. I was like, right. I, I don't need to be <laughs> paying attention or concerning myself for this. So, <laughs> so that's what I kind of then started transitioning to creating my own uh, TTRPG content, of course, on the cookout TTRPGs, uh, which of course had multiple different, uh, multiple different strong points. Not, well, I won't say strong points. We have multiple goals. Um, mm -hmm. One is that I can be able to essentially control uh, things that are happening happening within the community, and uh, even to this day, I'm ninety eight point nine percent a one person show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like all all of the marketing, all the tweets that comes out, all of the video editing that I do on Adobe Premiere, all of the audio editing I do on, on Adobe Audition, uh, all of the talking to different players, sending out cash, talking on Twitter, uh, all of that, uh, I pretty much just run uh, as yeah. one person. It's very time consuming, mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I love the fact that I... One of the biggest things about having this much control, as, as some people have stated uh, in the community, is I have a great environment for games to flourish. Uh, right. When I put players together, I make sure that we have a great time, uh, that we have, of course, like constant checklists in place to make sure that lines and veils are in place to make sure nothing, nothing is crossed. Yeah. Um, and I've been fortunate enough for people to say that when they come by and play in my, in my games, uh, that they've always have a very fun, uh, interesting, uh, exciting experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I definitely take pride in that because that's one of the things I wanted to make sure uh, that the Cookout TTRPG provided was a fun, exclusive, inclusive, uh, and safe environment for everyone, or just by everyone to be able to join. I mean, we know the, the clear statement we have is, uh, uh, I don't tolerate intolerance. So, yeah. if, <laughs> so if you're intolerant, uh, you gotta go. Bye bye. You're no, yeah. your access denied. But outside of that, everyone else, of course, we. That's why we also have a saying: is everyone has a seat at the table at the cookout. I'll just bring them out and do because I can't cook. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so we wanted. That was one of our big things as well. Is we wanted to present new faces out there, mm -hmm. um, because you know. And I was even uh, telling uh, Diana this, especially during the the older times, um, it was when it came to POC representation, you literally only had like three or four faces originally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it started to expand a little bit more, but especially in regards to like newer faces, it was like almost near impossible to be able to find uh, that type of viewership. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I, you know, of course, me being in the industry as I am, I was like, okay, I need to figure out a way to be able to get people to realize, you know, uh, newer faces as well as older faces in a community can gather together and, yeah. and create fantastic stories. And I, that's how I've, uh, one of the main premises of how Lords of Fairmoon came out. Um, yeah. So, of course, I reached out to Elisa Pearl. 
uh, and see if she would be interested in, of course, DM me for the campaign. And we had, of course, some, some well-known faces, such as Melee mm-hmm. Damage uh, and, and um, Super Dylan, um, mm-hmm. as well as a couple other visuals that came by for Guest Star. But it was still yeah. a primary a new cast of individuals who has almost never been seen in other TTRPG uh, shows out there. Um, and so to be able to uh, get these faces out for others to be able to see uh, and and people to be able to see like, you know, the, there are other individuals out there who are worthy of your time and you should definitely go ahead and support them and support what they're doing. I'm so glad that our, our mission statement is happening with that. Like I was walking yeah. at Comic-Con uh, this weekend and oh, just a random few of individuals recognized me from my trademark hoodie. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and so I'm like, oh, I'm a fan of Lords of Favorite. I was like, what? I was, I was shocked. Mind boggled. Never, never thought that would ever happen to me before. Yeah, um, and so it's, cool. it was so awesome. It was such an awesome experience. But the, but the best part about that is I now got new faces out there for people to be able to see, so they can yeah. check out Goliath's work. They can check mm-hmm. out Brandy's Rose's work. You know, they can check out um, big, big dude's rework. You know, many of the stuff that that, that he's on. Um, of course, Aries, everyone else. You know, we got new faces out there. And hopefully, yeah. as we continue to grow, new, uh, new, essentially the next generation can be able to flourish uh, in the TTRPG community. So it was, uh, you know, again, was one of my main um, main premises, and I'm glad that that's finally uh, gaining fruition. Yeah. So I am curious because I, I think sometimes there are folks who listen to the show um, who want to take on creative projects and haven't started for whatever reason, or maybe they're doing something that it's kind of at a venture where things might have plateaued for them. So like for you having the guests and the, and the cast that you've had on, like what, what, what was your approach to getting folks who are well-known in the TTRPG community? Like what, you know, what was that? Did you do anything special to like reach out to them? I mean, sometimes just like being a good person with good values and saying like, this is who I am and that works, but you know, but in your own, I guess in your own words, like what, what do you think made a difference there? Um, so I'll be honest, uh, I will not lie and say I'm very fortunate enough, uh, to have a good paid job, (laughs) (laughs) a a good paying job because, uh, of course, as many individuals in the community, which is completely understandable, everyone is worth their worth, they're worth getting paid for. Um, you know, I have, have a good paying job that allows for me to be able to support, uh, for, um, individuals, uh, in the industry. Okay. Um, and, you know, and of course, there's different rates out there depending upon who you're talking to. But for me, I, going to, uh, you know, talk to Elisa, we want to make sure that, you know, the rate could be able to fit for both of our sides of the spectrum. And as, as we did, um, we got her exposed to who we are uh, as a group. And yeah. I feel like what's when, what's when that got brought to the world for people to be able to see? Once we had just that one foot in the door. Mm-hmm. That's when start, I started to turn towards you. you. You just need that one step. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if it was B-Day. It was somebody else was, to- was telling me, which is a true statement to this day, uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and that when you have that ability to just get that first foot into the door, that's what other folks is like, oh, okay, who is this group of individuals? We haven't heard of them before. They come yeah. by, they take a look like, oh, uh, they're pretty nice. They're, let's let's hang out with them and stuff like that. Let's see, well, you know, or if uh, you know, maybe we could be able to do something on their show. And so, 
uh, from there by just allowing myself, uh, by us showing that we're a great group of individuals who could be able to uh, be able to bring in other guests in and you will have a great time on our show and on our campaigns and on our channel. Uh, I think that was what um, allowed me to be able to reach out to other individuals to have them uh, guest on our show. Um, so of course from there, from, you know, talk to, to, uh, you know, Josephine, Josephine K by, uh, Vanna, um, Cynthia Marie, uh, also have been, uh, you know, mainly damage, but mainly damage and I, we've been friends, um, before that though, we actually okay. were friends from B Dave server, uh, yeah. B Dave, B Dave used to have a Patreon server dedicated to vampire, the masquerade. And that's how I actually met many of the individuals on the show was on that server. Uh, yes. so May, yeah, so May and I, we, we've been friends for, for a bit of time, but everyone else, uh, has it was primarily been through, um, showing that we're, you know, we're, we're a great community. We want yeah. to be a great community for everyone and we want everyone to hopefully have a great time on our shows that we create just fantastic work out there because that's, that's what we want to do. Um, yeah. and so once we do that, that's, we start reaching out to individuals. Uh, they see the work that we've been in and they're like, okay, we would love to guest on your show or join on your show. And that's basically how uh, it transitioned from there. Um, so you just, I would say for those who are looking to be able to uh, look for larger guests out there, uh, you just need that first foot in the door uh, mm -hmm. and funds. I'll be honest, funds, <laughs> yeah. funds definitely, definitely helps out a bit uh, because, you know, you have to be, you have to take it to account of the, if it's a weekly or a bi-weekly campaign and how much they pay per session and just make sure you have that budgeted away uh, to, to make things, uh, make things work. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a valuable uh, lesson though, because that's true. I mean, if, you know, sometimes you're fortunate to have a group of friends who are talented and, and, you know, willing to do a podcast with you and it, you know, magic happens and it works. Right. And mm -hmm. sometimes, um, Sometimes you have to go outside of that and try to figure it out. I think, you know, uh, obviously B Dave is super smart and like, very skilled and experienced in marketing and everything else. Um, and similarly, uh, Orion both, I mean, they both just sometimes will just drop like free gems of knowledge on Twitter about shit that you should do if you're trying to do some of these things. Um, and it really is eye-opening when you look at it because there's so many, there are so many streams and podcasts that have come out over the past, even just the past year. Mm -hmm. um, and if you go all the way back to the beginning of 2020, like, you know, add another thousand there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that so many people don't know, like, well, what sets my show apart from so-and-so's show? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um and and um and maybe it doesn't matter maybe it's just like you enjoy recording you enjoy the process you enjoy audio editing and you like for your 10 friends to be able to hear your campaign instead of listening to you dab about it mm. you know in person right yeah um but i think a lot of people actually want success and uh and finding success in this field which i mean it's a growing field but it's super saturated right now so you know and and I think COVID played a large part into that. 100%. Um, My show, I mean, I, I can't talk shit. Like I, you know, I started in, in July of this year. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like an old head in the game or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so it makes sense that it's just like COVID-19 
because of the restriction of human interaction, mm-hmm. almost forced individuals to be not forced individuals, but kind of like put a spotlight on an opportunity of presenting your your creative content out there uh, for yeah. the world to see. Um, and so because of that, yeah, eventually uh, it definitely did become uh, saturated with mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit of content. Um, and but also at the same time, you also want to take it to account what are you considering that is successful for you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for example, some individuals are trying to get into the TTRPG community um, and looking for like getting paid, uh, making tons of money off of their shows, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and those are pretty much mostly reserved for like the elite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're individuals. And most of those individuals are very few producers of channels fit within those lines. Yeah. Um, uh, streamers themselves, you may be able to make a bit more because you're not focusing on producing shows and paying cast members, uh, and of course, um, putting a whole bunch of time and effort on different content. Like there's you, there's a lot more monetary value involved when you're a producer versus right. if you're if you're just uh, you know joining somebody else's show per se. But but even with that. Um, you still have to take it to account uh, that some individuals would be like, okay, we don't know your name, so we're going to have you join in for like recognition per se. Uh, you know, some people say stuff about it, but you know, it's, it's it's true. There's definitely different channels out there who who joins you pretty much for recognition purposes, while others, of course, joins and you may get some payment here and there or payment through sponsorships. Uh, but that's why I'm stating you have to take it to account. What are you looking into? Uh, for you to have it be considered successful. For me, I'm not concerned about funds because I'm, uh, if uh, I'm, my funds, my focus on funds is dealing with comic books. For yeah. me, it was more the idea of being able to just tell stories to a larger audience. Yeah. So I'm, uh, some, that's why I'm able to have no issue, you know, putting the cash where it may be. Uh, to hopefully get people to be take a look at our content and realize that oh these are a great group of individuals let's watch their stuff oh that character is awesome let's do some fan art for their stuff that to me is where where my interest drives it like yeah i remember when we we had our first fan art for one of our characters in lords of Faerun. um is for uh adrian's character uh jesse like the entire mm-hmm. cast just went bananas because for many of them it was the first time that they've ever received any type of fan art uh for uh for their show um and so you know uh the the player uh themselves or himself uh he 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 stated he cried uh when he received it like that's that's the that is what many of us uh are looking for uh when it comes to success it's just being able to get our content out there for people to be able to see and just yeah. enjoy our shows. As long as you enjoy our shows and see that, you know, we're a great group of individuals having fun and telling great stories, um, then I'm a happy person. I've done my yeah. job. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, anytime I've, you know, woken up to a message of somebody being like, you know, oh yeah, Secret Nerd, you know, made my day or mm-hmm. got me through this. I'm like, eh. like, what do you say? Yes. <laughs> like That's this is amazing you know right what i mean there. like yeah yeah um but it is you know and 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 i agree i think it really does um i think not enough people n- know 
that maybe don't even realize like what it is you're trying to achieve. And then, and then what, you know, when, when do you feel successful? Because if you look at like the past year, really, as far as like huge breakout shows, it's really like, I mean, and I don't know every show, so, you know, don't get mad at me folks who are listening, but like three black halflings is like nowhere, you know, three actors in England and, became this huge deal right mm. now in the D and D magazine and they're, you know, uh, DMing for all these different groups and everything. Um, you know, uh, transplaner and, and, and probably more specifically, uh, Connie from transplaner has, has blown up a lot. Um, but there's a lot of, but I mean, that's a couple shows out of thousands of shows, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And, and so, uh, it really is a perspective of just like, well, what, you know, what is your, goal here yeah um, you know are is your goal community like you're talking about um like you know transplaner has and or is it like we are setting out to be famous me and the four other dudes from michigan you know what i mean like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um not to clown on michigan by any means but it's just oh, like no. you know like it's just perspective mm-hmm. you know um I would love for my show to be successful, but I also know it's very niche thing and, and, you know, only certain people want to listen to it. And, um, and not everybody who even likes TTRPGs likes TTRPG talk shows, right. Mm -hmm. Or wants to hear the stories that we're telling and that's okay. But you know, the people who do want to hear them, these are now available. And I think similarly, when you can go and look at, um, you know, the cookout TTRPG YouTube page and see, uh, you know, a picture of a cast and go, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm immediately interested in this because it's different than what I've seen elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that, I think that that should never be underestimated because that representation is what draws people in. Like that's, you know, um, you know, obviously folks don't go exploit it and get all your, your two black friends out there to try <laughs> to join your show to get, <laughs> to get more people to listen. But, you know, seriously, like, <laughs> Or you're one, because that's you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be honest, it's more like one. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, there is a lot of. Um, I think it's it's. I think what I'm trying to say is like anytime there's love and care there, um, like clearly that you have. I think that that shows to people to the audience, and that mm-hmm. makes a difference. But yeah, I agree with that, and also the fact that you also need to take it to account as you you were starting about the road about success. Uh, people expect like million dollar, a million viewership overnight, <laughs> yeah. which, uh, you know, again, even Critical Role did not receive like the success that it, it is today uh, yeah. when they first started. It was a gradual process. And so how I rate my success, how I'm able to determine it is like, okay, uh, since I first started Lords of, Lords of Faerun, uh, my follower count has tripled uh, yeah. from what it used to be. Um, and so YouTube, what's what I started doing, Boss Beyond Time, uh, my subscriber count doubled and it's only been five episodes. doesn't mean we're doing like thousands of thousands of subscribers, but mm-hmm. we're, you're seeing growth. Right. So as long as you're seeing growth uh, in your content and you're constantly just going out there and pushing out your content, having folks take a look at it and try to do the best that you can, then you're already um, doing everything that you could possibly could do. And that's really where you would find success. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And, um, you know, as far as like the campaigns that you do on your show, are you involved in like the writing of the campaigns at all? Or, or, cause I, I know 
obviously you're not the the dm for one of them but are you for for any of them have you ever DM yes. before yeah yes um so i that definitely leads to one of the projects that will be coming out uh most likely in january we kind okay. of talked about it a little bit you definitely will hear about it on a brandy rose uh stream it's called gods of color okay. uh which is a ttrpg show uh, where of course you have a diverse group of individuals who are who are all demigods on the road to ascension, um, <laughs> and so and so I what I've always been a huge fan of mythology, but we all the we all know that mythology, especially uh, in America, is some of the most whitewashed mythology we have ever experienced. <laughs> yeah. you, you got Greek, Roman, and maybe a little bit of Egyptian. And that's pretty much it, uh, yeah. and so. I would Egyptian unfortunately gets whitewashed a lot. Yeah, and, <laughs> right? <laughs> so y'all not even sure we can even consider that. Um, yeah. so I was like, and gods are such a big role in DD, but they're always these distant group of individuals that can't cross the material plane, barely yeah. make it, you know, only thing they really play a role of in their characters' lives is maybe, you know, either to give them abilities or if they're using like a specific spell, like um you know, uh, communism or whatever it's called. Uh, but, but nevertheless, gods have always played a distant aspect to it. And so I wanted to create, first of all, a diverse group of demigods. So I was like, we need yeah. gods that looks like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we had a cast members like us, <laughs> Cynthia Marie, uh, Bradley Rose, Bailey Davidge, um, Eliza, Victor Ree, um, and of course, um, individuals who come by. Um... Yeah, no, I'm not going to say it. Uh, <laughs> I will say we had a stay a, tuned, a, folks. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> there, we had a huge first guest on our first episode of our prequel that yeah. pretty much just shaked the foundation of all the players. Like, and for me, it was hard because I, in my ADHD self, cannot keep secrets. So the, so the difficulty of keeping this uh, individual's uh, name from me revealed to the cast member was me playing Halo on Legendary. That's, that, that, <laughs> that's how difficult it was. Yeah. And then what happened was, uh, you all see, I had a box in there that, had, that said tech in there. Yeah. And so Re was just like, wait a second, this dude has like four monitors. Uh, you know, a massive computer. Like, why, do, why does he have somebody there specifically for tech? But they they kind of like crossed it out of just like, okay, maybe maybe yeah. they're doing something bigger things for for this campaign, Guys of Color. Um, and then uh, the reveal appeared, and it was literally like silence and shock for like a solid one minute. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I cannot, I cannot wait. Uh, there's a trailer that's going to be coming out relatively soon. Yeah, uh, that has the voice of who appeared in our first episode, and I'm pretty sure many people are going to recognize who it is <laughs> once they hear that voice. Yeah, uh, but definitely check out the 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 first episode is going to appear on our on our Patreon. So we have a prequel arc that's going to be on okay. our Patreon, um, in which we're actually playing at the moment. And then after that, we're going to go ahead and uh, start streaming uh, on both our Twitch as well as YouTube. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and but even with that, there's going to be further uh, guests coming in as well. Yeah. But that is me uh, DMing. And when I'm DMing okay. things, I'm actually 
have a whole bunch of homebrew content. Um, mm. Like there's a demigod class, there's a demigod <laughs> race, uh, there's demi- specific demigod spells. Like there's a whole bunch of the entire the entire pantheon is homebrew. Uh, all of the the patrons that warlocks could do is homebrew. Like there, I pretty much created this world uh, from scratch. Yeah. Um, and and like the countries and everything, and it's been such an exciting experience. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, you know, I just can't wait for it to be able to show it. But that's that's me DMing. My other content, I am mostly just uh, a player. Uh, yeah, I would normally have uh, people in hiring, like again, like <clears throat> Lisa Pearl. Yeah, uh, we have um, Aaron for Riverwood Academy, a couple other individuals, and we just go in. Um, and you know, I just bring players together and see, like, hey, are you available? Will you be interest- interested for the show? Um, mm-hmm. They say yes or no. Then, of course, we bring them in, and, and then uh, we'll get started. But yeah, so I do DM one. So was that, uh, you know, for for you because you did kind of start late in that in the TTRPG world? Sounds like, and then DMing, like, what was that experience for you to DM for the first time, and like put the stuff that you wrote, the world building you did, and like put it out there to like have the players interact with. Uh it was I'll be honest, fam, it was probably one of the most nervous I've <laughs> ever been. Not yeah. just because of me putting my content out there, but I'm mm-hmm. also putting it out there with individuals like Melee Damage and Cynthia right. Marie yeah. and the and the main guest that came in. Like I'm literally DMing for the first time in front of these well known individuals. And I was just like, well <laughs> <laughs> here we go. To, yeah, here we go. Time to become Creed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, it, I, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie or, or sugarcoat anything with that. It was, I was definitely a bit nervous. Um, yeah. and but fortunately, the nerves pretty much washed away mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the session by one, of course, the, the true happiness of of the guests that came by, but also of the excitement and and joy that they had for. Their, you know, the campaign itself, how I, how I NPC their characters, because I, I did a lot of time and effort to give these, you know, the players like specific NPCs or NPCs that they gave to bring those NPCs to life. And mm-hmm. so when I saw that they uh, responded well to what I did, that's when I was just like, okay, all right, we could do this. We could do this. Game time. <laughs> <laughs> and so since then, yeah. it hasn't been as bad. But that first episode, <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting. <laughs> no i yeah i get it so i i mean i i dm'd at home for a long time now well i say a long time but like a couple years i guess a year or so mm-hmm. um and i just so probably today i guess it doesn't matter when i'd say it because it's this is not coming out for a month but mm-hmm. probably today i'm gonna release my first one shot that i did Ooh, nice and uh yeah so uh, I'm super excited about that, but yeah, definitely going into that, I was like, okay, people are going to like listen back to this and be like, you got this rule wrong. You don't fucking know what you're talking about. Like, you know what I mean? And so I just like, and then when I, the way that it played out, um, it ended, even though I knew how it was going to end, I don't think I really processed or not necessarily knew how it was going to end, but like had an idea of like, okay, if, if this thing happens, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I really processed it other than saying like, this is next step. And then when mm. I played it out, I was like, shit, did I just ruin this whole thing? Oh, <laughs> and really? so that was like a whole mess of my, like, 
and every and the players are they're like no like this was good like you know this is fun and um and and then listening back and then I put some music over it and I was like oh okay yeah this mm-hmm. this this feels better now but it's like when you're living in it it's hard you know um mm-hmm. it's really hard to take a step back and so I mean kudos to anybody who does that stuff and you know especially like for me it's not even streamed so nobody can see my face when I'm doing it. and it's pre-recorded and if I don't like what I said I just whoop cut it out yeah um, you know but. <laughs> But then you go on stream and it's like everything you're doing is live, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and yeah, I, I think th- I'm super excited to find out. I feel like I know who it is. We can talk about it off air. Um, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but I'm going to guess. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, it, it, I, I will probably say off the air, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so, but, yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's super exciting. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing to hearing that as well and just getting more into content like do you listen to a lot of other podcasts and stuff um i know obviously critical is like where you started but do you still listen to actual plays and things like that yes uh, i definitely don't have anywhere near as much time as i used to well, of um course, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> of course uh, you know being the, the one one person shows that i am um, yeah. but I definitely still try to support all of my friends who are produced or it just shows in general who are putting right. content out there. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't get the chance normally to be able to view it immediately. And yeah. normally I have, I try to schedule some time in to like, uh, watch like the VOD that may come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then support that one. But yeah, like I, 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 for example, uh, you know, Lisa Pearl is currently doing a call of Cthulhu uh mm-hmm. a um, show on which is like a four episode miniseries on uh the becca scott's channel um yeah. i was able to catch up the first episode um and then um uh, because that was uh, on the day i wasn't streaming but then after that i have to watch like uh the vods afterwards uh, the following <laughs> yeah. time so so yeah it's just like i definitely still try i definitely try as much as i can to be able to listen to people putting out different content and such uh, but yeah, once you once you enter this industry, you realize real quick uh, that it is very difficult to keep up with many of the shows uh, that you support. Like we, I remember uh, L.A. by Night when L.A. by Night came out, uh, the fifth the fifth season. Uh, the every season that came out, I was able to watch it like immediately before that. And yeah. then when the fifth season came out, I had almost no time to watch. <laughs> watch the series at all until yeah. like the fifth or sixth episode so i would just watch the vods i pretty much catched up and i think finally by like the seventh episode i think i was able to <laughs> to, to be there on time but yeah but even that yeah it's tough because some of those shows it's like two three hours you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like shit if you get behind like mm-hmm. just forget it just turn, stop <laughs> no don't <laughs> stop watching watch don't you, stop but, listening yeah. but you know it's it's tough um yeah i think uh there, I definitely have like specific shows that I'm like, okay, I'm caught up now. I basically binge listened because um, mostly yeah, I do podcasts because I don't have the visual uh, freedom to watch a lot of stuff because I have three kids and and I'm working or whatever. So listening is is fine for me. Um, mm. But there's some podcasts that I like. I binge and l- listen, and then there's other ones I have started. Um, you know, like shout out to uh, Ever Elm Adventures, which is an all black uh, adventure um, actual play and D and um and so i've been able to like keep up and so like but there's definitely like okay on mondays i listen to this show and this show mm-hmm. on tuesdays i listen to this show this yeah show. on wednesdays i catch up on this show that's i'm already 
17 episodes back. <laughs> <laughs> and just try to listen to as much as I can. But I have to like try to do because it's just there's so much out there. You know? Exactly. And, and then you have more good POCs making good shit. And you're just like, well, I guess I got to <laughs> figure out another Exactly. Find some way to squeeze those in, you know? And, so, and that was yeah. the thing. Like, I remember, it's so like on Tuesday, I call it like, thank goodness it's Tuesday. Instead of like, thank goodness it's Friday, because there's so many TTRPG shows that comes out on Tuesday. And I used to stream, I, we, were, we would stream Riverwood Academy on Tuesdays. And mm-hmm. that would have like Jakar, that would have Demi Plane, mm-hmm. uh, that would have, well, Ryan when the Frost Mania was on Tuesdays, but that was more in, in the morning time. I had the, the work for that one. That's when it's like Banna um, and Drac and such. Um, and there's like five different, sh- uh, of course, and of course, Hunter's Entertainment, Rang of Bones. Like there was all these shows that came in specifically on Tuesday and yeah. I was streaming on Tuesday. So I was like, there was at least three shows I had to find a day to squeeze in uh, <laughs> to watch. Thursday, we filmed Bonds Beyond Time, our Maze the Ascension campaign. But that's also when, of course, Black Dice Society uh, and, and Critical Role comes out. So I'm like, okay, I got <laughs> <laughs> I got to find time to be able to watch those two. And yeah. so just like, and not only is that, um, we're going to, this will be the first time I'm be mentioning it. We're going to probably be ending up with about five campaigns uh, oh, wow. on our TTRPG channel. Um, yeah. Because Gods of Color is number three. Mm-hmm. And there's two more uh, in the pipeline. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And so, and so for, you know, one of them will probably have like a season finale before uh, we start like the the fifth one. So we probably mm-hmm. will be more closer towards like four. But that yeah. still is four days worth <laughs> <laughs> of streaming where I'm not able to watch other content and I got to find yeah. ways to be able to bring those in. So yeah, yeah, that's a word to the wise out there. For those who are definitely want to get into streaming, just know your consuming time is going to be limited drastically. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah stream on sundays or something so even saturdays because i remember the, it wasn't this it, there was a saturday i was like okay uh transplaner was streaming made a role play was streaming um uh say a prayer for california streaming and then you guys started streaming mm-hmm. and i was like uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna catch all this afterwards i don't have i don't know and then my kids, of course, are playing and it's the middle of the afternoon. And, you know, um, so I have my own uh, personal viewing struggles. Um, my mm-hmm. kids are not a struggle by any means, but like just that, you know, it obviously it's impossible to watch this stuff at the same time. So mm-hmm. I was like, OK, I'm just going to have to go follow this. I mean, yeah, why there's only bots. so many hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's why there's VODs. I know Twitch doesn't really pay that much attention to VODs, to be honest. And that's why we definitely are starting to push a bit more heavily into YouTube because YouTube is a bit more considerate about viewership overall versus Twitch primarily oh, being concerned okay. about uh, the live side. Yeah, that is another huge thing you want to take into consideration when you move forward into streaming is which platform you would like to uh, try to tackle because they both have their strengths and weaknesses. For Twitch, it's much quicker if you're goal is to make money it's much quicker to make money on twitch because yeah. you only need three three uh, concurrent viewers a week um you only need 50 50 followers, followers. um two you only need to stream two days a week um and then there was like one uh, one other thing you had to do and then boom you become affiliate and then once we yeah. become affiliate people could be able to sc- subscribe to you 
uh, pay money for emotes or bits, everything along those lines. And you can start making uh, making cash. And it won't be a lot because, of course, you're just starting off, but you right. will start making money a lot faster. YouTube, their gate is much higher. Like you need to have like a thousand, a thousand subscribers uh, and many other things just to start getting the being able to get the advertisement program and many other benefits that you get at Twitch at a much earlier rate. Uh, on, on the plus side, um, one, you definitely make a lot more money on YouTube. Uh, and two, uh, it's much more friendly for individuals who are um, can watch it any time of the day. Yeah, because um, it's like total view count as opposed mm-hmm. to, yeah. Because mm-hmm. essentially that's what ha- what's good at, what is right now happening with Twitch and will most likely continue happen with Twitch is that there's so much content out there that it's going to be it's going to be difficult to kind of find an audience to be able to find uh, to to watch your stuff during the time frame where there's other shows it like when we were doing Lords of Fate like I wasn't even familiar about the other shows I just I just knew that uh let's get wild mount was coming out which critical bar was coming in and then there, I yeah. think there was one other show I was familiar I was like oh I thought Saturday was safe. I was just like, no day is safe. <laughs> no day you got to just safe. stream at those odd hours. Like, just catch your your Australian and Philippines and mm-hmm. New Zealand. Like, that's your audience. And then just, yep. you know, everybody else can catch the VOD. <laughs> yep, that could work. That could work. I didn't think about it that way. I mean, I, I can't stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, no, I need to have to work. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a different it's a different ball game. Just so definitely, of course, take into account who, uh, which platform you want to hit and understand the strengths and weaknesses of both platforms. So therefore you could be able to attack it uh, differently. Um, you know, that's why I originally, I was almost entirely dedicated to Twitch and YouTube was the aftermath. Um, mm-hmm. And then the hate raids started to come in yeah. and Twitch was just not doing anything that at all. Shame, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, YouTube, you could pretty much just shut off the comments immediately. And it doesn't really hurt your viewership as much. Uh, yeah. to say turning off your chat and Twitch because Twitch is all about having that live experience, even though you may be TTRPG, you may be role playing and not paying too much attention to the chat. The chat, the chat is a essential component of Twitch. Yeah. The interaction is a essential component of Twitch versus YouTube is mostly just about viewing things. And mm-hmm. so that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to need to have YouTube be brought up as well. So in case Twitch drops the ball again, you still have a secondary platform. Uh, to be able to pull out content that people will have uh, time to take a look. And that's one of the big reasons why Bonds Beyond Time is is essentially exclusive uh, on YouTube, is to help yeah. build in that audience primarily uh, for YouTube. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, those big companies, it's just all old money. Yeah. Who cares about the people making the money for them? Mm-hmm. And not even just that, but like if if it was just like if it was like like any company, the top one percent was was causing was complaining about this, they would address it immediately. But yeah. the top one percent are all white males. They have yeah. they have no skin in the game about getting hate reigns. Who knows? But some of them might be doing them themselves. But <laughs> but yeah. so, so because of that, Twitch had had very little reason to really do anything about it for themselves because it's like. You know, the all these individuals who were complaining about it, I think I saw the numbers made up like maybe three percent of the mm-hmm. viewership of Twitch as a whole. It was just it was minuscule. Um yeah. and so really the only thing that was I knew was going to require Twitch to get their head in the game 
is advertiser advertisers being like, uh, we can't support a product that has hate uh hate rates going around all over the place because we don't want our products being associated in a site that has, you know, people coming in with all of yeah. these emotes of swastika and stuff like that. So I knew that was going to be the only way we will see some success in that. And then once when I started to see articles from big time companies mm-hmm. calling out Twitch for the hate rates, I was like, this, this is where it's going <laughs> is where we're going to make a difference, you know? And so I'm glad we eventually saw some changes there. Um, but you know, it still took a while. It took a while. Yeah. It's tough. To, I'm too, because you know, there's so many people in the community who are just positive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just want to have a good time and share and share what they're doing with the rest of the world and, and share their creative projects. And, and for a long time felt like they couldn't because their primary way of sharing was Twitch and Twitch was doing nothing about the way mm-hmm. that they're being treated. And so it was like, the only thing they could do was talk about how shitty this experience was and how nobody, you know, nobody on the Twitch side was doing anything about it. And so, um, it's tough cause it really, you know, it, it's important that they spoke up obviously, but it's also, it also was unfortunate in the sense that like it, it made a lot of that, a lot of the community sour in the sense of like, you know, nobody was celebrating any like black joy or excellence or, you know, some like a diverse group of, you know what I mean? Like, cause it was just like, everyone was hurting, you know, mm-hmm. um, everybody that was in that, in that, uh, streaming space and so um hopefully it gets figured out for good and and they can you know move past it but i don't know i don't have a lot of faith in a company that is corporation owned by a bunch of old white dudes or even young Mm -hmm. (laughs) one that is exactly reason why still store comics is going to remain uh private because i'm like i'm no way i'm i'm uh, allowing myself to be, be uh, controlled by some shareholders whose primary yeah. focus is on the dollar. Because when that happens, your creative outlook and primary your diversity gets kicked to the curb. But secondly, uh, not only were we hurting by just the the raids itself, but we were also hurting because of the um, the things we had to put in place um, yeah. to be able to try to address it. So, like individuals who had larger channels, of course. You know, sometimes they'll have like monitors in place so they would keep their chat open. And then so therefore their viewership doesn't really get hit that much. And then once with the hate rate eventually came in, they had some particular protocol in place to be able to try to reduce the damage that they caused as much as possible. Versus Mm -hmm. someone like myself, who's a one man show, I had to pretty much put chat on lockdown to where people who could only be able to chat were followers who have followed for say 10 minutes and then of course i pretty much had so many strict yeah. rules in place that the viewership that we have for lords of Faerun reduced drastically um because of the fact that you know people weren't coming by just to take a look they were like oh we can't chat well i guess never mind we're going to step away so <laughs> just wait 10 minutes my god <laughs> yeah oh no that's the no. twitch is all immediate and so we were we were t- constantly talking about it we were sending the messages out in twitch saying like hey we're hurting it right now because of the fact that we have to put in these parameters to make sure that, you know, I, and I, I'm glad I would not change it to this day because my focus is I much rather have a smaller, safe <laughs> community than a larger community that could get abused by these hate raids came in. Yeah. But they did, I definitely will discount the fact that we definitely take a major viewership hit when that happened. 
and Oli recently has started to pick things back up uh, as, of course, uh, they started to implement some new rules in place. I was able to, of course, reduce a lot of the uh, restrictions that we have for only thing I have right now is like phone verification and just need to be a follower and then you're good. So now yeah. we're pretty much just about back to where we used to be just about. Uh, but it's still having to do all of that. It just shows you like we were the one that had to suffer the most uh, and they really didn't even care about it at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but for sure. Well, I, you know, I think um, to end on a happier note, you know, I hope that everybody goes and checks out Cookout TTRPG, uh, checks out the stuff that you guys are doing. I've, I've been able to watch a couple episodes of The uh, Lords of Faerun, and, and it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Like I said, the cast is excellent. Um, uh, you know, I think what you're doing is excellent, and I'm super excited to see, you know, the eventual success that's going to come. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. like I said, it's been a, uh, it's definitely been a lot of hard work and determination, blood, sweat, and tears, all that put into a lot of these shows. And so I'm glad that we're starting to see some fruition from like, you know, Lords of Faerun came in. Uh, Bob, of course, for those who don't know, Boss Beyond Time is our Mage the Ascension campaign, uh, which is a primary POC cast that has Sharif Jackson uh, from Rivals of Waterdeep. Uh, Aki melee damage, uh, and Big Dude Re, who, who uh, is DMing uh, as a mage. Uh, I think, if I recall, no, he, Re is going to be the second black uh, storyteller uh, for a mage campaign streak. First was was a big B Dave Walters, yeah. um, uh, and we, and that's people would easily see. Like all of our shows, you will take a look at it. We have easily some of the, the most diverse cast you would see uh, <laughs> yeah. in the show. And then, so of course, you know, we have that coming in. Gods with Color should be coming in in January and two other projects coming in in the near future. So whatever floats your boat, we're going to have so <laughs> many things that hopefully, uh, and of course, the Riverwood Academy, Riverwood Academy, if you like, um, if you like Harry Potter uh, <laughs> in the D&D world, a uh, magic yeah. school, Riverwood Academy has, has that in spades. Uh, with less turfs, I'm assuming. Say that again? I said oh, yeah. with less turfs, oh, yeah. I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much less. <laughs> like, as you can tell, we like to take, especially yours truly, like to take properties that uh, has some good ideas, uh, but was given um, a good old bigotry or whitewash colony, and then go ahead and take those ideas and give it that proper diversity that it deserves. <laughs> and Riverwood Academy definitely yeah. uh, fits that uh, in space. Like I said, the cast, of course, is incredible. Of course, Big Degree is in there. Um, and yeah, so if you definitely like Magic School, if you like young adult, young adult books, um, it, it just fits that genre perfectly. And we, we <laughs> hit that, we hit that genre exactly. So I'm very happy about that uh, project. We are halfway through that season. Um, we call it our Empire Strikes Back season. I won't say <laughs> why. You just we need to watch the show to see why. Our first season was pretty nice. Uh, yeah. The second season, uh, these kind of took a turn. So I, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say there. But yeah, yeah. Def definitely come by and check out our content on YouTube. You, of course, can follow me uh, on the Cookout TTRPGs, which is our Twitter, um, where you, and that's where you get all of our information dedicated for all of our TTRPGs, as well as giveaways. Because I'm a diehard dice affiliate, so you'll regularly see. Uh, giveaways for like either a gift certificate. Actually, if I recall, there is still a giveaway going on 
uh, for our uh, Boss Beyond Time. Uh, and so after it reaches a certain amount of uh, retweets and stuff like that, we'll be choosing one lucky winner uh, to win a $20 uh, gift certificate uh, oh, yeah. for, for, for <clears throat> Die Hard. Day. But yeah, definitely follow us there. If you want to follow me personally, personally, I'm at the Kara eight five eight. You you still get most of the same information, but a little bit more fluff <laughs> and happiness than other stuff along the line. So you know, yours truly, and that's yeah. me. that's me. That's awesome, man. Well, mm. this um, this has been such a great time, and uh, yeah, I'm glad to have met you and and to be yeah. able to have this conversation. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. We definitely would have to have a round two of this. Uh, this was an awesome time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you got it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show. And if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. 